Brian. This has been fun. Okay. <laughs> so fun that it's been, it leaves you speechless. That's exciting there. So, all right. It's going to get more fun here. Here's what I saw is that um, the message today, um, I'm going to be setting kind of a foundation. And then when you kind of get the couple of punches, it's going to be like when, you know, have you seen those movies? They throw like the flash grenades in the room. And it's like, Phew. I think that's what's going to be happening inside of you guys today. Does that sound good? Does that scare anybody? Good. That means you're listening. All right. Hey, we have uh, some fun guests with us here today. So do you guys remember when uh, Robert and Sherilyn Needham came into that business seminar last August? Yeah. Well, they are moving here, and they are on the front row. So let's welcome Robert and Sherilyn Needham. Yay. So they're here looking for a house, so just pray they find the perfect house, and we are so excited to have them here. And then we got some friends, David and Sarah DeLouis, who are uh, visiting us, and we're trying to con them into moving here. And so that's, uh, it's what we do. So I want to talk to you about the New Covenant way to prosperity and good success. Is anyone interested in that? You're like, I'll, I'll just take mediocre. I'll just, I'll just kind of just, you know, just kind of cruise. And so as we're getting away, I want to tell you a, a couple testimonies. And so actually, uh, two weekends ago, Mary and I were uh, in Chalice, Idaho, the booming mecca of commerce and trade. Chalice, Idaho, town of 800. And we were there, and uh, Robert was there with us. We were doing a, a business weekend for a group of men and women out there. And so Mary led worship. We had uh, Jordan, our youth pastor. We had Chris, our drummer, out there with us. It was a great time. And uh, during worship the first night, there was this lady, and uh, she, uh, she was probably in her 80s, and she... Uh, I'm not trying to be mean. She looked older than that, even. I'm like, just like really old. And so she had this, um, she had like the, like the intercessor, like flowing gown type thing on. And so during worship, she comes up in her walker. She inches up to the middle of it. And she's got this lion flag on her walker, which I'm like, I like you already. Like you, you, you attach a lion flag to your walker, like you're my people. I'm sorry. And so, and so she's got that. And so she just stands, and she's like glowing from the inside. She's just this beautiful lady, and she's just glowing and just worshiping in place. And then, you know, she shuffles off. And so... Um, I guess uh, during worship, she had a uh, tingling in her leg, and uh, then she received prayer, and it turns out she's got a metal rod uh, for, uh, in place of her femur here, and a bunch of metal screws, and uh, somehow between the worship and the prayer, the uh, metal rod disappeared and the screws disappeared, and so uh, she's telling me about this, and she's taking my hand and making me feel her leg up and down, which when you're in the 80s, you can get away with it. <laughs> You can get away with it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I can't do this to a woman. And so, um, so the next day uh, during worship, she's out in the middle of the river without her walker, kicking her legs up, dancing, like pointing at people. So super fun, super fun. If you weren't here last week, I just thought it was just outrageous. We have healing rooms, you know, once a month on the second Saturday of the month from 10 to noon, no appointment necessary. It's great for people who don't want to sit through a church service. Just bring your friends, get focused prayer. And so... Uh, you know, there was a lady who brought her friend to the healing room, and she just happens to mention, oh, yeah, I came here a year ago, and I received prayer. I had stage 4 pancreatic cancer, and I got completely healed. Doesn't tell us for a year. <laughs> like, we kind of need to know that. And I was talking to somebody just in the last couple days, and uh, they received prayer for their uh, father, or it was father or father-in-law, stage 4 uh, lymphoma cancer. Had a, it was a very rare form of it. And so, you know, it's cancer throughout your whole blood, nothing they can do. Uh, received prayer, went back to the doctors. They cannot find any trace of cancer. Like, thank you, Jesus. How many of you guys know one-third of the gospel of Mark was healings? Like 222 out of 666 verses. Don't get freaked out over the 666 verses and make that be the only thing you hear today. The verses were put there by man. All right, there we go. Turn me to Joshua chapter 1. 
The new covenant way to prosperity and good success. So as we get into Joshua chapter 1, the children of Israel, they've been uh, delivered out of slavery in Egypt. They're uh, on their way to the promised land. They've been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses had died, and now Joshua is uh, taking over as the leader of the nation, and they are just a few miles away from the promised land. Can you imagine the anticipation? <laughs> it's like, you know, we've been, we've been hearing about this for 40 years, been walking around, you know, eating manna, banana bread, all that stuff. Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, here's what the Lord's saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Yea, that I say unto thee. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, which was the river, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, just as I promised to Moses." From the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Whoa. And so um, Moses couldn't cross in. Moses represents the law, and the law is focused on your human efforts. Your human efforts will never get you into the promised land. That's just a little freebie. We're just getting you warmed up here. Okay, there's some breadcrumbs. Eat the crumbs. We're getting to the promising, all right? The, uh, your own human efforts will never get you to the promised land. Now, it took Joshua to get them in the promised land. Joshua is the Hebrew name Yeshua, which is the Hebrew name of Jesus. Jesus was the only one who could take them into the promised land. And the book of Hebrews tells us this. The promised land today is rest. So in the Old Covenant, we, we went over this a little bit last week. I'm just going to do a little bit of review here. In the Old Covenant, things that happen physically often represent spiritual realities in the New Covenant. They physically circumcised them in the Old Testament. Remember we had those pictures? No, we did not have pictures of that. <laughs> they physically circumcised them in the Old Testament. In the New Covenant, there's a circumcision of the heart. Right? They were, um, you know, there was a uh, you know, sacrifice of animals, blood of bulls and goats. There was a sacrifice of the perfect lamb, Jesus. Right? Those type of things. So in the Old Covenant, the promised land, I love the description. It says things like this. You are going to drink from wells you did not dig. You are going to live in houses you did not build. You're going to reap from vineyards that you did not plant. Right? And so the, the equivalent today would be like, um, physically, would be if you're, if you're homeless, you've got absolutely nothing. You've been wandering around the city for years. And all of a sudden, someone comes up to you and says, listen, I've got a house that you did not build, that you did not pay for. Here's the keys. It's fully furnished. The fridge is, the fridge is stocked. The lawn is already mowed. Uh, there's two cars in the garage, one for summer, one for winter. I'm not going to tell you which ones I'd pick, but they're there. Can you imagine? You're, you're walking into something that you did not pay for, but you get to, you get to enjoy all the benefits of and, he, and so in the New Covenant, he says, uh, you know, in the Old Covenant, they entered into that rest they could come into a land and to benefits they did not pay for. And he said, under the, and the book of Hebrews says, under the new covenant, that is resting in the finished works of Jesus. We get to come into a realm where he paid for you to be saved, healed, delivered, prospered, and protected. That is the rest. We can count on that. We can enjoy all the benefits of something we did not pay for, right? Verse 6, be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. He said this three times now. Being careful to do according to the, all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. Verse 8. You ready for this? This is the kicker. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. 
but you shall meditate on it day and night. Some of you think you know where I'm going with this message. You don't. You're like, oh, this is a book I'm meditating on scripture. No, it's not. I love tricking you. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So God is giving Joshua the key to good success under the Old Covenant. And just know, prosperity in the Old Testament was much more than just material wealth. It included that. But it included um, protection. It included forgiveness of sins, right relationship with God, emotional health, all, all the things that went with it. And so you're like, Jim, um, is there bad success? The Bible says you'd give good success. Yeah, there is bad success, and we've all seen it. People who are high achievers, so they've got plenty of money, but their kids can't stand to be around them. They work so hard, their business is succeeding, but their home life is a wreck, their health is a wreck because they're stressed out, they're working 90 hours a week, right? We've all seen bad success. Public success, private failures. That's not what God's talking about here. What was the key to success? You might be tempted to say meditating on Scripture. That's actually not what it said. I, I think that's super important, but that's not what it said. It says to meditate on the law. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Guys, I believe it's important to meditate on Scripture. That's just not what it says here. It says to meditate on the law. And I want you to think about what Joshua had to meditate on. Genesis, I, I, that's pretty cool. Genesis is good. Exodus, boy, there's some parts in there that are pretty tough. All those laws. Leviticus, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be meditating on, like, the food laws, uh, women's menstrual cycles, what to do with that, um, how to do a sin offering, how to remove the dung out of it when you're offering the sin. Like, like, you're meditating on numbers, Deuteronomy. It's like a bunch of do's and don't Deuteronomies. I mean, like, have you, you've read it, okay? Like, like that, that's what they were meditate on day and night, the law, the law, so that they could keep it perfectly. Then they'd be successful, Okay? Have you ever seen someone, the word meditate doesn't mean to intellectually roll over in your mind, okay? It means to mutter with your mouth. Have you ever seen somebody that's like so deep in concentration, they're kind of talking to themselves, or maybe like you're writing something down and you're kind of pausing and you're kind of talking it out loud? That's the idea of meditation. You're, you're so deep in thought that you're actually muttering it to yourself, okay? That's kind of the idea there. And so God hides things in the old covenant for us to discover in the new covenant, Okay? So this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That was the old covenant. What's the New Testament counterpart to the law? No one wants to get this wrong. It's the spirit. Okay? Under the old covenant, they lived by the law. They tried to obey the law. Under the new covenant, God writes his law in our heart with his spirit and moves us to follow his decrees. Okay. We're setting some things up. Old covenant success. Meditate on the law to the point where you're muttering it out of your mouth. New Covenant success. Boy, what's going to be the equivalent of that? This is going to be, oh, this is going to be good. So the law has replaced the spirit. I've not let off the flash grenades yet. Okay, I'm still holding on to them. I'm still setting the table here. Are you guys ready for this? Old Covenant believers used to live by the law. New Covenant believers live by the spirit. I love seeing the contrast here in uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6. But our sufficiency is from God, who made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, but not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The letter was a term for the Ten Commandments. It, um, it's, you know, it's, the next verse says that they were carved in letters on stone. Okay? Here's the graphic picture here. When the children of Israel, remember, they're delivered out of Egypt. That was Passover. Remember? That was Passover lamb. They're delivered out of Egypt. And they come to Mount Sinai. What day was that? It was the day of Pentecost. Fifty days after 
um, after Passover. So under the old covenant, the day of Pentecost, there was the giving of the law. Okay? When God gave the law, um, he, uh, he, he, Moses came down the mountain, saw the golden calf, 3,000 people died. So here's the picture. Day of Pentecost, giving of the law, 3,000 people die. Let's fast forward to Jesus, the perfect Passover lamb. 50 days later, there's Pentecost. There's the giving of the Spirit. 3,000 people get saved. Isn't that interesting? I love how it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Why had fully come? He had to completely fulfill it at the same time. I love the description of this here. Uh, Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I love it. It's like a rushing mighty wind. Here's the picture. The Holy Spirit was in a hurry. Why? Because he'd been waiting a long time to come and embrace and live inside of his kids. When the Holy Spirit comes to bless you, he's in a hurry. You can just see him. He's like, five, four, three, two. He's been waiting years for that. In the Old Testament, when he left, he left slowly. You can see, yeah, yeah, I love that there's the picture in Ezekiel 10 and, and the temple. The people's sin had gotten so bad. Listen, under the new covenant, he doesn't leave us anymore. I'm just trying to paint a picture. Under the new covenant, he's rushing, but even in the old covenant, he didn't want to leave. It says the, the, glory, uh, he's, he, the glory was in the temple. The people's sin had gotten so bad. And it said first he went from uh, the middle of the temple out to the threshold. And it said he just lingered there like a cloud. You can just see, like, he doesn't want to leave. And he goes to the eastern gate. I mean, he's given us this picture, the Holy Spirit. I don't know about how you were raised. I was raised to believe the opposite. It's like when you sinned, like the Holy Spirit ran off faster than a scalded cat. Pyong! One wrong word, pyong! One baby cries in a service, he's out of there. <laughs> I mean, have you been in these services where it's like every head bow, every eye closed, hallelujah? And it's like, we've got to have the right, the right sound. And if anything disturbs it, guys, if the Holy Spirit is that delicate, he won't work for you in your life. If everything has, to be, everything has to be perfect and nobody can be moving and... Are you kidding me? Like in Jesus, they're like, Son of David, have mercy. I mean, they're screaming, they're running, they're clamoring. If they're getting healed on accident, they're grabbing his clothes, healing is coming out. I mean, come on, man. The Holy Spirit is... I mean, you know, the Holy Spirit is a gentle dove. It's like, so, you know, baby cries and all of a sudden... Brr, brr, you know, the dove's leaving the building and they're acting like we're shooting at him. Shh, shh. Oh, stop it, stop it, he's leaving, you're making... That's not how it is. The Holy Spirit rushes to bless you, and he stays. Acts 2, 3 through 4. And divided tongues of fire, as a fire, appeared on them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Interesting. Um, uh, that's actually not the part I wanted to read. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> Uh, in the Old Testament on the day, of, oh yeah, it is. On the Old Testament on the day of Pentecost, God came down like fire on a mountain, and they all ran. On the day of Pentecost, He came down like tongues of fire and rested on them, and people were drawn to it. Not interesting. God came down like tongues of fire. 
Now, there's a picture of a tongue on fire in the book of James, and it gives us the negative picture. So, so, I'm getting the flash grenades out of my belt. Okay, you guys ready? Um, so these tongues of fire in a positive sense came on it, but I want you to see what a tongue on fire can do in the negative sense, and then we'll learn what it can do in the positive sense. James chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of our life, and set on fire by hell. Did you hear that? What does a tongue do? It affects your whole body and sets the course of your life. A tongue on fire does this. That's an unredeemed tongue on fire. What did God send to them? A redeemed tongue on fire. What does it do? It affects your whole body. I'm about to to read a scientific study that talks to you about the healing benefits of speaking in tongues. It's already in scripture. It affects your whole body and sets the course of your life. Here's the very next verse, James uh, 3, 6, and 7. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. What are you doing when you're speaking in tongues? It's the spirit who's enabling you to speak. Now you guys put this together. Tongue on fire sets the course of your life, affects your whole body. You can't, no man can tame it. God sends tongues of fire to set the course of your life to affect your whole body as he enables you to speak it out. Fire in the hole! If you allow the Holy Spirit to have your tongue, then it will set the course of your life and affect your whole body. He said if a man can control his tongue, he can control everything. So many Christians, every week, they're submitting their hearts to the Lord. Submitting their hearts to the Lord. And it just doesn't seem to last. It seems like I kind of have a short shelf life, you know. It's like, oh, man. Okay, it's time to resubmit. What's the scriptural way to do it? I submit my tongue to the Holy Spirit, and it affects my whole body. So I want to talk about those two phrases. Sets the course of your life and affects your whole body. Let's look at sets the course of your life. Can you imagine if the Apostle Paul was here? Wouldn't you love to have him pray for you? Be like, like, I can can see the prayer line would be like all the way out. I mean, even like Bill Johnson, Heidi Baker, like fill in the blank of whoever your spiritual hero is. It would be great. Um, Now imagine God the Holy Spirit is going to pray for you. What do you think is happening when you're praying in tongues? The Holy Spirit, he, um, he knows all of the plans that God has for you. And all the works of God on your behalf. He knows everything that Jesus paid for, everything that you need, we don't know it. We can pray with our understanding, it's very limited. You don't know your future, you don't know what's going on in the heavenlies, you don't know the pieces that need to go into place. God has a unique plan that only you can accomplish, and he has sent the Holy Spirit to personally mentor you into your destiny. The Holy Spirit has a unique plan that only you can accomplish. And so he sent the Holy Spirit to mentor you into it. Guys, what is it that activates the power of God to intervene on earth? Is it our fasting? Is it our showing him? It's when man partners with God through prayer, speaks it out of his mouth. He's given the authority on earth to man. He doesn't just do stuff. Some people are like praying, just hoping that God's going to have this revival cloud that's going to come over a city and just bazap. All of a sudden people are like, I want God. That's not how it's going to happen. He doesn't do things independent of man. 
He's waiting for you to speak it out of your mouth. Someone with authority on earth to line up with the authority of heaven, speak it out of their mouth. Guess what happens when you speak in tongues? You are praying the perfect will of God. It's the Holy Spirit speaking his will for your city, for your family, for your life, and you don't even know what's going on. You're just walking around like Mr. Magoo. What's happening? It's setting the course of your life. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what to pray what we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. God himself is praying for you the perfect will of God when you don't even know what to pray. And he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We don't know what to pray. We can't see from heaven's perspective. We're stressed out. We don't even have any words. We can't get anything out. I don't know if you've ever been in those times where it's like so hard, you don't even have words. All you can do is like lay there and groan. And the Holy Spirit comes and picks up that groan. And he turns it into the perfect will of God. He's praying brilliant things that you couldn't even imagine. And it's coming in alignment with heaven, with your authority on earth, and things begin to shift. It's setting the course of your life. And what's the result of it? Look at the next verse. And we know that those who love... And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Guys, this all things work together for good is for people who are praying in the Spirit, come bringing their authority and aligned with the heaven's authority. Then all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Can I get a come on? There's a tongue on fire that sets the course of your life and uh, affects your whole body. Just which one are you going to use? Are you going to use the one that complains and isn't grateful and is putting other people down? You're setting the course of your life and you're affecting your whole body. Or you could submit your tongue to the Holy Spirit. Begin to pray out the perfect will of God so that things are lining up according to his purpose. Let's look at the next phrase, affect your whole body. 1 Corinthians 14 says that a person who speaks in tongues edifies himself. The one who prophesies edifies the church, Okay. Paul said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. The Texas translation says, I speak in tongues more than all y'all. <clears throat> and so uh, I think it's interesting that the, the greatest missionary, the greatest theologian, the greatest apostle of our time, uh, of our time, of all history, it was, yeah, I'm not that old. And so um, he says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. You begin to see the effect of his life. As he's sewing up tents, he was a tent maker. As he's sewing up tents, he's hot and sweaty, takes a handkerchief, wipes his head. People are like, Grabbing it, going, throwing it on people who are demon-possessed, throwing it on people who are sick, and they're getting healed. What do you think Paul's doing as he's sewing up the tent? He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. It doesn't say he edifies his spirit. You edify your entire person. Remember, it affects your whole body, body, soul, and spirit. Here's one translation that says, He builds an edifice to house the revelation. Edify comes from two words, house and built. When you're speaking in tongues, you're building or you're repairing your house. You got a problem with your skin problems, you begin to speak in tongues, it begins to repair your house. You got things going on in the inside, oh, I don't know, my insides feel jacked up, I don't know what's going on. As you begin to pray in tongues, listen, you have to add your faith to this thing. It's not just some magic formula because you said, come tie my bow tie, all of a sudden things are going right. I bought a Honda, I should have bought a Honda. <laughs> like, just because you're saying words doesn't mean something's going to happen. You're actually adding your faith to these things. It's interesting, the Bible spent a whole lot of chapters in the Old Testament talking about how the temple was built. 
And here he says, as you begin to speak in tongues, that temple gets built. You're building this house to hold the revelation. You're speaking the mysteries of God, things about your future that you can't even dream, and you're causing them to come into pass as you speak in tongues. Your body is that temple of the Holy Spirit. Notice it um, says uh, speaking in tongues doesn't just edify your inner man. It's your whole person. It sets the course of your life and affects your whole body. Listen to this, um, uh, this scientific study. What's the guy's name? Uh, Carl Peterson, MD. I've had a number of inquiries. This is a quote from him. I'm, re- I'm reading one of his medical papers. I have a number of inquiries concerning the efficacy of praying in the spirit or speaking in tongues. Efficacy, like how powerful it is. And its benefit to the human immune system. In other words, immunity enhanced by chemicals released from a part of the brain. I'm attempting to clarify some information I've shared with a number of ministers. This is the information that may be deduced from what we know about the way the brain functions. We do know that a part of the brain affected most noticeably by extended prayer represents a significant portion of the brain and its metabolic activity. In other words, when you're praying, stuff's happening. Therefore, voluntary speech during extended vocal prayer causes a major stimulation in these parts of the brain, mainly the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus has direct regulation of four major systems of the body, mainly the pituitary gland and all target endocrine glands, the total immune system, the entire autonomic system, and the production of brain hormones called endorphins and the encephalons, which are chemicals the body produces and are 100 to 200 times more powerful than morphine. In summary, a very significant percentage of the central nervous system is directly and indirectly activated in the process of extended verbal and musical prayer over a period of time. This results in a significant release of brain hormones, which in turn increases the body's general immunity. Affects the whole body. It is further enhanced through joyful laughter with increased respirations and oxygen intake to the brain, diaphragm, and other muscles. The same phenomenon is seen in physical activity in general, running, etc. Isn't it sad that like 15 years ago, God had to send a revival to the church just to teach us how to laugh again? <laughs> it's like the church was so stuck and so unhealthy, he sends a laughing revival so we can learn how to have joy again. And then some people turned that into a religion and said, you have to have joy, you have to laugh, you have to roll on the floor, otherwise you don't have... Anyway. We know from the word of God that there's a true joy that builds and sustains. Nehemiah tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. There is joy in the presence of Jehovah. I will post this on the Zion Facebook page. Some of you are like, where is this at? I'll just post the link to it. We must continue to remember it is that the joy of the Lord spoken of in the word is so much more than any manifestation. We can truly have that unspeakable joy in the face of any trials that we may encounter. I hope the above information helps clarify the report that you received regarding my statement in the area of the physical effects of speaking in tongues and joyful laughter for extended periods of time. Truly, we all benefit body, soul, and spirit from obedience and yielding to the Spirit of God in every area of our lives. Carl, P- Carl R. Peterson, MD. Now, if you go online, there's, there's lots of other studies that, are, that begin to show that when you are speaking in tongues, they do uh, MRIs, uh, magnetic resonant imaging, of the uh, brain, and they find that the speech part of the brain is not active during speaking in tongues, which means your speech is being influenced by something other than your mind. What is speaking in tongues says that when a man speaks in tongues, um, he speaks to God, it's his spirit that's praying, his mind is unfruitful. What's science showing? There's something other than your mind praying, it's your spirit praying, and your mind's not getting it. Again, when you pray in tongues, you need to add your faith to this. But I want you to see, God, I thank you that I'm setting the course of my life. 
Acts chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Now there were, this is right after the day of Pentecost, I'm continuing the thought. There were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And this was the sound that brought the multitude together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. Verse 7. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not these the, uh, who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native tongue? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, Arabians. Now, I've ever wondered, like, why is he giving us this list of people? Here's what's going on. It's an updated list from the Tower of Babel. Tower of Babel lists all these nations where they had one language confused into many. Here at the day of Pentecost, you have many languages that are as understood as one. It's a reverse of the curse of Babel. Fire in the hole! We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. The Holy Spirit will always glorify the works of God and not the works of men. On the day of Pentecost, when the law came, it glorified the works of man. Thou shalt, thou shalt not. Thou shalt, thou shalt not. When the Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, it glorified the works of Jesus. So you could enter into it by rest. Whew. Tongues is a grace gift, guys. You can't work for it. And because of that, people despise it because it's so easy to use. We don't feel like it's really that important. You can be cooking and praying in tongues. You can be driving down the road and praying in tongues. You can golf and pray in tongues, and it might help you not cuss. <laughs> I personally, don't be offended by this, I love to drive down the road, listen to 80s rock music, and pray in tongues. The 80s rock feeds my flesh, the tongues uh, feeds my spirit, everybody's happy that way. <laughs> How many of you know you can think about something else and pray in tongues? Speaking in tongues is not for your mind. It's for your body, soul, and spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 14, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. You guys know where we're going with this, right? We're going to be speaking in tongues here in a second. Let me just give you a couple things. Uh, it's, your brain is not going to like you speaking words you don't understand. The brain likes to understand. Okay, this is not for your brain. You're going to have to set that aside for a little bit. If you are waiting for the Spirit to come and possess your tongue and make it wiggle and say things, you're going to be waiting a very long time. Everything that you do with God is always a combination of your will and his, and his ability. Okay? When you pray for the sick, um, they're not going to get healed unless you say, in the name of Jesus, lay hands on them and expect them to recover. Right? Um, the, the Red Sea didn't part with Moses just waiting for the Red Sea to part. He stretched out his rod. He acted and God acted with him. It's the same thing when it comes to speaking in tongues. We act, it says they, in Acts 2 we just read, it says they spoke, but the Spirit enabled them. Okay? So you are literally moving your tongue, making sounds, speaking words with your mouth that you do not understand, and the Holy Spirit is going to be providing the words from heaven. And so people are like, well, is it the language of angels, of men? I don't know, just speak it out. Okay? I remember we, were, uh, we had some friends over one time. We ended up kind of getting into some intercession. We're praying. And uh, my friend broke out in like this Chinese warrior tongues. It's like, oh my gosh, that sounds so amazing. And then when I went to speak in tongues, it sounded like pebbles from Flintstones. 
I'm like, are you serious? Like, like he's getting Chinese warrior tongues, and I sound like, you know, like I'm asking for a pacifier in baby language. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Guys, we don't get to pick how it sounds. And as you mature in this thing and grow, you'll find that sometimes it sounds more like a romance language. It's this language of intimacy between you and the Father. Sometimes it comes on you, and it's more warlike, and you can just feel yourself. You're breaking things off, and so things will change. Sometimes it may just, guys, when you're first starting, it may be the same thing over and over again. Do not let your mind get offended by these things, okay? And so uh, so here's what we're going to do. Let's have everybody stand. We are not going to have you raise your hand if you have never received the gift of tongues. But uh, listen, if you already speak in tongues, I am trying to activate something on the inside of you for you to see that this gift that's so easy to use, that was easy to push aside, we are going to be setting the course of our life and affecting our whole body by faith. If you need healing in your body, start praying in tongues and watch the Holy Spirit do what he promised he would do. He would repair and rebuild the temple. If you're here and you're a little bit nervous, guys, we're, we're just, just, it's a gift. I remember one service I was doing, and uh, I wanted to do this illustration with a $20 bill, but I never carry cash. And I'm up there. I'm like, hey. I'm like, oh, no, I don't have any money. And so I went down and grabbed a $20 bill from our pastor. And I'm like, who wants this $20 bill? I'm awesome at giving away other people's money. It's amazing. It's just it's one of those gifts in the Bible that's not listed. But it's, it's in there. And so um, and I'm like, hey, who wants this? And everyone's like, yeah, I'll take the $20 bill. Yes. And I remember there was one gentleman who came from the front row, walked up, and grabbed it. And it was my son. It wasn't planned. But I think it was just an illustration. When someone knew the heart of the Father, they knew they could come boldly and take it. There was only one person who received that gift that day. I paid back the person. Okay. There was only one person who received that gift that day, and that was the one who went up and said, I'll take that, Dad. Okay. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. I love how the, how the Bible puts it. It says, um, it's concerning the Holy Spirit in Luke 11. It says, if anyone asks their father for a piece of fish, he's going to give him a, a snake. Like, like, there's some messed up dads out there. I don't know anyone who's going to be like, here you go, you little brat. You know, you know. If you ask for a piece of bread, you can give him a rock. Thanks, dad. You know, like, like no one is that, like, nasty, all right? Like, I, you know, everyone enjoys a good prank, but that's just evil, all right? So here's what he says. He says, um, even though you fathers being evil, you got some issues. He says, if you wouldn't do that to your kids, he says, how much more your heavenly Father desires to give you the Holy Spirit to those who beg? No, those who ask. Are you guys getting the picture here? It's a gift. So just quit stressing and fretting and getting your mind. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do Job 33 too here in just a moment. He says, I looked up, I opened my mouth, and you filled it with words. Well, Jim, it can't be that easy. If you have faith for that, it won't be. Would you like me to come into agreement with you on how hard it's going to be? No, you don't. How about you come into agreement with me that it's a gift? Okay? And guys, if it doesn't happen this instant, it will happen. Okay? I believe it's going to happen for a lot of people. And if you want it, God has it here for you. But if it doesn't come, don't, oh my gosh, I'm less of a Christian. No, listen, we're, we're all growing in this thing. And guess what I'm speaking on next week? This part two. So if you're looking at bringing your mother-in-law who doesn't believe in any of this stuff, you can either be really mean and bring her or just come two weeks from now, okay? So <laughs> to bring her, just bring her, come on. You can't turn a light switch off that's already off. Yeah, yeah, so you can't get it more off. Anyway. <clears throat> Guys, I hope you're just seeing the beauty and the simplicity of what God has provided for us. 
You're like, I'm struggling with this, this and that. I, I keep submitting, not submitting. Guys, if you can submit your whole tongue, the whole set, you will set the course of your life and affect your whole body. This is a gift that you and I need. And if you have it, I want you to stir this thing up. And I want you to just... And I, I, you know, I've, I've had periods of my, time, of my life where I've you know, taken like 30 minutes to, to pray in tongues. And I think there was some value to it. But it became works after a while. And what works so much better is I just feel it bubble up. I'm not like, you know, like, oh, my gosh. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm glad you in the back can't see my facial expressions. But, you know, you just, it just comes up. And you just begin to speak in tongues. And you're driving down the road. And you don't even know what you're doing. But you're taking your authority on earth and lining up with heaven. And something's happening. Guys, the Bible speaks more about tongues than it does the second coming or the rapture. Okay, so maybe we need to put down those left-behind books and try to figure out the 70th week of Daniel and start setting the course of our life and affecting our whole body. Okay? All right. So let's just not make this hard. I know some of you are nervous. It's okay, guys. It's your dad. He's good. He's not going to give you something counterfeit. If you're speaking, it's, you know, what if it's me? Guys, look at who just you is. It's you and your spirit are united with the Holy Spirit. That's who you are. And you're going to begin to tap into that reality, not out of theory. Listen, you're going to speak in tongues, and your brain is going to be throwing a temper tantrum. Did you hear what you just said? You just said, yabba dabba do. <laughs> you sound like pebbles from Flintstone. It's not for your brain. Your brain is going to be offended. You're going to have to push past that thing. You're going to be driving home and be like, I can't believe you made a fool of yourself. Your wife just heard you do that. It's not for your brain. We're stepping into an area of faith, and this is speaking in tongues is the gateway to the supernatural. Okay? This is, it just begins to expand from there, and so let's just go for it, all right? Jesus, you're awesome. And I thank you that you are going to be releasing this gift of tongues so that we can build and rebuild the temple. We can set the course of our life using our authority on earth to come into alignment with your authority in heaven to affect our whole bodies. I thank you that bodies are going to begin to be repaired. I see at an immune level, at the immune, uh, immune system level. Oh, we just read about those four symptoms, four systems, endocrine, all that. God, thank you. That stuff's going to be going on in our bodies that we do not even know. We don't even need to know. It says we can't know. And so, Lord, by faith, we are trusting that as we speak this out, or just as they had, uh, you said this was the key in the Old Testament, muttering the law for um, prosperity and good success under the new covenant. This is our key to prosperity and good success is to mutter the words of the Spirit. <laughs> oh, Lord, you're wonderful. And so I say stir up this gift. So everybody, uh, just do something with me. Just raise your hands towards heaven. That's where your help's going to come from. I'm going to count to three. We're going to open our mouth, take a deep breath, and you're going to speak things out. And just, guys, by faith, speak these things out. It's going to be ridiculous. And just and let him fill it. Okay? So, Lord, we just take the words of Job 33 too. We open up our mouths, and we let you fill it. So everyone, on the count of three, look up, open your mouth, and start speaking. In the name of Jesus, one, two, three. Holy Spirit, fall. Just begin to speak it out loud. Some of you, it's been years. It's okay. Just activate that gift. Guys, it doesn't, your brain, let it go. Speak it out. Move your mouth. He will fill it. That's how it works. Shia da 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 ba si o to to no 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 da ba shi. 
Let's just go for 60 seconds. Some of you, it's been a while. This will be good. It'll, we're getting the rust cogs off the flywheel here. If you're still struggling, just uh, begin to praise him in English and then just let tongues take over. We declare the works of God. We declare the works of God. I feel like some of you, the Lord's wanting to change your tongue. It's going to sound a little different. Just go with it. Just let it shift. It's not you, it's Him. Just put your hand on your neighbor, just begin to pray for them. You don't know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit knows what to pray. You're praying the perfect will of God over them. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you are building and rebuilding houses. I thank you that you are setting the course of people's lives. You're bringing their authority into alignment with heaven's authority. Lord, you're affecting their whole body. Lord, I thank you that you are edifying them. They are building an edifice to house the revelation that you want to give them for their life. So, Lord, we bless this to be a lifestyle. Lord, let us just adopt that uh, phrase of the Apostle Paul. I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. God, let it just become a part of our life, just a renewed intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you're uh, Mama Dora,